0: Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye, Jr. Before we get started, I want to thank Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Diversity and Inclusion, the Port of Seattle's Office, uh, Diversity Contracting Office, uh, the City of Seattle's uh, Purchasing Construction Services Department, and uh, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. They own the African Lounge and Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A. Stop by and see them when you're ready to leave town from Concourse A. My first guest is the distinguished Chair of the Seattle-Kane County Martin Luther King Jr. Organizing Coalition, and also the President and CEO of the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority, known as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, none other than the distinguished Day Moore. So welcome to Urban Forum Northwest Sade. Thank and you And tell us you again, where Eddie. you are with the organizing for the Jan- January 15th uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Holiday Celebration.
1: Awesome. So uh, obviously planning is still underway. We have several more meetings until the big day. Um, this year's theme is Dr. King's, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Dream Unfinished. Um, and uh, most of our community will get to see the flyer that will be released next week that will have a detailed list of all of our happenings and events that day uh, rally will start um, at 12, sorry, at 11 o'clock March will start at 1230 outside of Garfield Um at uh, Hayward Evans. We'll talk about the Opportunity Fair here shortly. We'll have a youth event that will take place that Sunday, the 14th at 2 p.m. at the McKinney Center. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a great event. It's going to be in person, the first time in person in several years. Um, so we have a very lovely, distinguished group of interns that will be um, supporting and leading that event. Um, we'll have food. Uh, I mean, there's this is our 41st anniversary. Um, this is going to be a great event, um, hoping it won't be cold or it won't be raining or snowing. Um, we've been given a mix of, uh, of weather as of late in Seattle, um, but things are coming along pretty smoothly. Um, I'm looking forward to this celebration, um, again, because we'll have some pre-events or some events that will take place, um, that, uh, will be announced on our flyer next week for the community. We're, uh, we have some great partnerships that are taking place within community as well. Um, we've had several inquiries that have come into our mailbox for speakers uh, for some of our high schools, um, middle schools in the area, even some of our black ERGs and play resource groups for some of our large tech organizations, which is great. Um, so folks are getting ramped up. already. Um, this is something that is really known to the community. It's nothing new. Um, I'm looking forward to the program this year as well. It's going to be a little bit different Um, We heard comments. We had feedback from community on how they wanted to see our program um, pretty much revamped this year. So we took that feedback in and we have a great committee that's working on that as well. Um, I've been having a lot of folks asking how can they volunteer. Um, You can volunteer by emailing mlkseattle at gmail.com. And from there, myself or another representative will loop you with our volunteer lead. Um, And for, as always, any future uh, insight or if you want to know the timelines of our program or what's happening the day of or leading to, as it includes um, our virtual and in-person workshops, you can always check out our website at seattlemlkcoalition.org.
0: Now, you have a lot of people you're working with. Why don't you share with our listeners some of the folks who are leading some of the uh, various committees?
1: Yeah, so um, we have, wow. Kendra Liddell, um, who is a previous member of our executive team is leading program this year. Uh, you got Kale, Shannon, Bob Barnes, Clifton Wyatt, uh, who are all stepped in to lead logistics this year. Kale is also vice chair of the coalition. Eddie Rye Hayward Evans are leading opportunity fair this year. Leanne Vannerman with United Way of King County is again, leading volunteers. Um, you have Nia Brown, uh, who was new, but also, uh, Uh, is our new segue to Ezels. Uh, We'll be leading up our young leaders, our internship program this year, as well as helping with our food committee. Camilla Brown will also be helping with the food committee this year. Um, You have Abiel Woldu, uh, who is still overseeing our website. Um, You have Katie Harris uh, and Janet Woodward, um, who are uh, co-supporting for our workshops, as well as KL again, Um, So I think that's a little bit. I think I've called everything out, maybe missing one or two. Um, Oh, and then access and accommodations. Uh, Christina Chang uh, is leading that up as well. So I think I called out everybody's name with all the committees. Um again a lot of work. Um, so we need a lot of hands, right? This is a community event. Um, I've also had some folks ask me, you know, is there a charge to this event? No, this event is free for all community members and family. So we encourage you to come out, show out, uh, pack our gym, right? Pack the Garfield High School Gymnasium. Um, you know, it's again since COVID, things have changed a little bit, right? So um, I think every year the the number of people who show up for these events is dwindled a little bit um, due to the health and safety risks, right? Um, but I think we're 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 in a better position than we were in 2020. So really, just looking forward to more community to come out um, and and uh, be a part of this amazing celebration celebrating Dr. King's life and legacy.
0: I do want to say that uh, Bob Barnes was one of the original founders. He was. Uh, it was it was formerly the Seattle. Uh, King County Martin Luther King Celebration Committee, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and we have some issues with that. But anyway, uh, it's good to see the younger group uh, really taking the lead because it's really important. It's something that we can't drop, and you guys are doing an outstanding job. Now, in terms of the rally, that starts at 11 o'clock. Can you give our listeners some kind of idea of booking AC at the rally? Has that been confirmed yet? Or it you has still not it been
1: confirmed yet. Uh, our, our committee is still working on. Matter of fact, we got Um, I was just informed that we were able to solidify our entertainment, um, but we are still looking for speakers. So if you know someone who may be a good guest speaker for us, again, email us at mlkseattle at gmail.com. Again, historically, our program in the rally, in the gym is is usually very long. So we're condensing it, right? So we're bringing it in um, th- this is a celebration, right? We-, we don't want, um, you know, and it- it- it's, it's kid friendly. So we want to ensure that we're not, um, having too many speakers and too much entertainment, but we have a really good even mix. Um, so that's something that we are focusing on. Um, but again, that list, um, will be confirmed by the end of this month. Unfortunately, um, we're just still making sure that we get some confirmations to, to finish out, um, the program itself.
0: Now, I think last year or two years ago, we had the interns on this program. Yeah. Can you give our listeners some kind of idea to of, of all the interns been selected already or still opportunity for younger people to participate as interns?
1: So our internship program did close in the summertime. Um, we have, I believe, six amazing high school students um, from um, the South Seattle, um, North Seattle area. Um, we have two returning interns. They loved it so much. They got glowing recommendations from, um, their school and other, you know, student colleagues, um, that they came back, which is amazing. Um, again, for the last couple of years, our, our young leaders program has been virtual. So we are really looking forward to bringing that back in person at the McKinney center, spoken word entertainment. Um, you know, there'll be, uh, some words that will be expressed. Um, we're also going to be doing a black entrepreneur, a black youth entrepreneurship uh market. So if you are a young person that has your own business, um, we will be doing opening up tabling for them as well at the McKinney Center. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, this is our fourth year having interns, and I will say that the program has grown expeditiously every year so it's just nice to see um more and more young folks coming out and saying they want to be a part of what we're doing
0: now what areas of the county or the city or the state are these interns coming from king okay and can you mention any schools that they're attending
1: um i know we have cleveland um i believe we have oday we have Garfield. Those are three that come off the top of my head. I believe there may be one from Tequila. So, again, South Seattle, um, and then, you know, in the Central District. Um, And we send out a mass communication at the beginning of summer to multiple uh, school districts uh, in order to share our internship um, application and flyer uh, with their administration, uh, with their faculty. Um, So that we can get a a really good diverse mix of students uh, from different grades to come in um, and show their interest in this program, right? Um, It is a paid internship. uh, So our young folks do get paid uh, for the work that they do. They get bonuses for the work that they do, especially when, you know, they have distinctive skill sets that may be able to support another committee, um, our, our young people, uh, help us with our march. They hold up our banner. Um, you know, they do, uh, our chants, um, they help in the gymnasium. So they, they do so much. They also get a certificate of completion, um, at the end of, uh, the planning season, which is also very helpful for them. Oh, and they also get a letter of recommendation to their high school, um, to, uh, support any, high school credits um, and or um, any requirements that are needed to graduate.
0: That also could help them uh, get into a college as well. Absolutely. I have, a, I have a
1: young person that uh, interned for us two years ago, just emailed me um, and is applying to college and uh, needs a certificate. So we'll be working on that today as well.
0: Now you've mentioned the McKinney Center. Why don't you share with our listeners where the McKinney Center is?
1: Well, so the McKinney Center uh, is on 21st and Jackson. Um, Don't even be 50 years old next year, which I'm really excited about. I was appointed CEO in August, um, was on the original dream team of uh, folks that were lobbying for the CDC PDA to be created, as well as an original board member before I was appointed as CEO um so we are actually going to be opening the doors to our first tenant in january i'm looking forward to that the community will hear about that very soon um it's still very much under construction so we still have a lot of work to do um but we are hiring uh, my team is getting staffed we're going to be hiring again next year um and it just it's a lot of amazing work that's taking place in the building right now and a lot of requests that have come in for facility use which is also equally amazing
0: and I just want to remind everybody that uh, the McKinney Center is named for Reverend Dr. Samuel Barry McKinney. He brought Seattle OIC to uh, uh, the town and uh, the building was constructed uh, to uh, actually educate and train African-Americans primarily part of the great society programs. And the manpower funds were cut by what some people consider to be a famous president. Ronald Reagan cut all the manpower training programs across the country. So, uh, I also want to mention uh, Dr. McKinney, and uh, his efforts for bringing, uh, having that building even erected. It was due to him. So Haywood Evans has joined on with us. Haywood, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you for having me. Looking All right. Good. Okay. Sarday, you
2: are absolutely fantastic. Please, I got to give you a shout out. I, I'm so encouraged by your leadership, uh, seriously, you have done a magnificent job. I just well, guess what? You. I couldn't Please be in this
1: position, and I wouldn't if it wasn't for the support of uh, of youtube right so let's let's bring that back to the table right even with the work of the mckinney center eddie and hayward brought me into that they are the reason why you know uh had a seat at the table um so i you know i'm completely Mm -hmm. you know uh in depth you know and i I really appreciate that you know it's a a tremendous blessing on my life um and if there's really if there's any work i could be doing. I'm doing it, right? Uh, so I, I thank God for that, just to be able to give back and, and to serve community. Um, the work that we're doing is, is is really amazing, and I'm just looking forward to being able to unveil more of that work uh, in the coming year.
0: And uh, we have to give credit and uh, praise to State Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, Yes, who sponsored the sole sponsor of House Bill 1918 and 2019, and it was passed unanimously in the Senate and the House. That's the reason why we have the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, the McKinney Center. And I want to say that uh, Sade said, do you have any appointments with the legislators? I said, no, we don't do it like that. We go down there and grab them as we see them. In other words, we Bogard, and uh, it worked out real well. So I was just sharing a lot of those pictures with with, uh, Chardonnay Beaver. She told me. Uh, yeah, I, I shared all those pictures of you, and Bobby, all uh, Sharon Santos, uh, Jesse Johnson, a bit of the other legislators. So now you know you don't have to have no appointments, do you, Shade? You just go down there and grab who you see.
1: Yeah, or it's a matter of sending an email, making a phone call now. It's gotten that good. So all right. um, I really appreciate that. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Shade. We really appreciate it. He was going to mention an opportunity fair there and he has some National Association of Minority Contractors. There's a meeting today at five o'clock, and uh, there's federal money for houses of worship. And I've personally sent out uh, the information to about 20 members of the clergy and other organizations because those opportunities don't come along too often. And I want to make sure that uh, our churches and our houses of worship do get a chance to participate. So, Hayward, what is your analysis of uh, what you see uh, in the meeting and Why don't you talk about the Opportunity Fair for a couple of minutes before we do that? Okay, let me go straight to the Opportunity Fair.
2: As you all know, the event is going to be Monday, uh, January 15th, which is the official Dr. King holiday. And this is the eighth annual time that we did it at Garfield High School in the Commons area, i.e. some people would say the cafeteria. We have 60 tables coming. We have 60 or 70 vendors this year. It's going to be so tight. But, but the beauty is, and I just want to uh, give a shout out to Yolanda Brooks. She's with the Washington State Department of Transportation. She does a statewide community engagement. Uh, She's saying that they're going to be bringing opportunities for high school students to get paid internships. So if you're a high school student, or if you're a parent of a high school student listening to them, have them at the opportunity fair, there's a chance that they can pick up a very, very good job uh, through the Washington State Department of Transportation. And we're not just talking about a short-term job here we're talking about a career at least if i was listening to yolanda brooks correctly but but on that note as well we again we have a lot of employers coming the event's gonna um uh, be january 15th doors open at eight o'clock uh, the vendors are there coming from we have cloud Burfect with uh from the executive committee of king county labor we have a lot of labor unions coming in who are also offering uh apprenticeship programs and getting people into uh into the workforce uh there's various uh businesses that are going to be there literally that are going to be hiring on the spot we have a room if, if your resume is a little short you want to get reviewed we have a resume room and i got to give a shout out to uh cory Spruel. how do you pronounce his last name Andy? Yeah, yes right you got it right yeah so Corey, Corey's going to be there running the resume room at partnership with the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. we we'll have the computer set up, you come in, they can see what kind of resume you uh, you have. If you don't have a resume, we'll produce one right there. And what I'm looking forward to, and I'm looking to pre- present it to the committee on, on Monday, is that we have a, a pre-registration incentive program. So all those folks out there who are looking for a job or who like to improve, uh, uh, improve their, their jobs or to get a better job, If you register for the program early, we're going to have a raffle that you can win a pretty nice prize. And so I'm encouraging people to register for the program early and and be there. But we have some great people. I got to give a shout out to uh, John Glenn and the people from his office there um, with Workforce. Uh, He does the Workforce Development Council of Seattle and King County. They're going to be reaching out throughout King County to get people there to participate. So I'm looking for an absolutely fantastic uh, event with hundreds of people, and considering, you know, we have COVID reasonably under control, it's a chance for all of us to come to back together.
0: A very good report here right now. Uh, this afternoon at five o'clock, the uh, Washington chapter of National Association of Murray Contractors is having a general membership meeting. And one of the items on the agenda is uh, Michael Fong, who is the director of the Washington State Department of Commerce. And federal dollars from the Department of Energy are coming through his office, the houses of worship now i sent out probably 25 or 30 emails to clergy uh, clergy organizations making sure that the black community was aware of what was going on as well as other minority members making w- sure that they, they were aware of this opportunity matter of fact i talked to pastor Kerry anderson a little earlier uh this t- today and shared the information with him i don't know if he so he is he's interested and we're asking uh folks if you're a member of a church and you uh, want to assist the pastor, if the pastor's tied up and can't make it, go to namc.com, and uh, the information about the log on is right there. And if you're having a problem with that, you can give Eddie Rye a call or a text at 206-786-2763. I just want to make sure that, uh, that uh, our community participates in our money, because it's taxpayers' money, and we pay taxes, so it's really our money. So I just want to make sure that happened. What is your analysis? Do you have a chance to review uh the uh, agenda for this evening, Hero? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking uh, I'm really looking forward to it, particularly and with we also we season. got Lee, uh, Lee Jones and uh uh Kwanda Evans, the wife of Eric Evans, who is assistant director of the uh district office of uh federal contract compliance, uh that are located there located in Seattle. They will be there talking about. Uh, their responsibilities ensure uh, that there is non-discrimination and equal opportunity. So just wanted to get your comments on that.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to, to an enforcement mechanism. And we have some good people who are coming tonight to this meeting. I'm going to be there, of course, as, as well, representing Cleco Benz, my son's company. Uh, but what we're saying is, look, it, there needs to be set aside, there needs to be guarantees for those folks who haven't really had the opportunity or the, or the skill or well-worth or capacity To develop their bid packets, we need to make sure that they're setting money aside for that. And so that's why I'm looking forward to to working with with, with NAM and making sure that that money is coming into the organization to train these groups. Eddie, you know, for so long, our numbers have dropped down when they should have gone up. I mean, come on, look at it from a historical perspective. How can our numbers drop under 1% in the state getting contracts, government contracts? We have people in key positions. We got to hold them accountable.
0: As a, the, our numbers are dismal, 0.18% in 2021, 0.22% in 2022, and we don't know what they say for 2023, but hopefully they're a lot a lot better. But we do know that uh, Elton Mason and 10 Black truckers were at a meeting uh, about a month ago, uh, and they uh, they had a Black consultant call them together. That was an outreach for a certain contractor who had them meeting about a contract that had already been awarded. And uh, so then they are able to turn in a report. So we did outreach. We called them together, and they said, well, and then they tried to deny the contract been awarded, but Elton Mason's being astute, said it was not put out for bid because he checks all the bids. But we got 10 black trucking firms with their rigs parked with all this work, $1.75 trillion in infrastructure money, and we have 10 black truckers whose trucks are parked and one white trucker that has over $300 million worth of contracts. And, and, we and you know what, what gets me? We can't get Mary Garland, Attorney General, to do a damn thing to make sure that Black folks get justice in Washington State. I don't know what he's doing in other states, but in this state, Mary Garland, the U.S. Attorney, might as well be uh, somebody else. He certainly is uh, no benefit to Black folks in this state in terms of delivering justice for us. It's just us being denied with Mary Garland, the Attorney General, Look another way. I'd say, yeah, I'd say let's put that
2: in context. And we're talking years ago, a last disparity study a few years ago, the, the black community, communities of color are losing over $3 billion directly in contracts that we should have had. And anytime you take a small business, you're going to hire your relatives and local people that more likely look like you. So now you have a turnover of dollars and undulation. And they say it should turn over at least three times. So if it's three billion, times, at least $9 billion, with the buying power that they stole from our community.
0: That, that just, the number's just out, uh, uh, astronomical. And those numbers are not our numbers, they're the state's numbers. So yes. you know, can't anybody say that we're making anything up because they published the reports. And then some people had nerve to get upset with the person who ran the office to produce the reports. Why did you share that information with Eddie Rye? Well, it's public information. It's supposed to be shared, you know. it's. Uh, it's really unfortunate that people have that kind of attitude. So, Hayward, uh, I thank you very much. And once again, uh, if anybody uh, out in the listening audience uh, belongs to a church, want to see your church participate uh, in this uh, uh, funding from the Department of Energy going through the Washington State Department of Commerce, uh, the meeting's at five o'clock. Uh, I can get you uh, the link to the meeting. Uh, my number is 206 786 2763. My email address is E-R-Y-E at Comcast.net. So uh, and, and can I just make a comment? right ahead. Also, the opportunity fair
2: now, I mean, it might have sounded like just a job fair. No, we're having the University of Washington there. We're having Lyndon Black coming from the historical Black colleges. We have Delta Sigma Theta who's going to be there and wants, wants to present and register people to vote. So it's going to be pretty, pretty expansive
0: and pretty nice. A All lot right of then.
2: opportunities.
0: Okay, we're going to have, we're going to take a quick break and come back with the author, Emil Petrie, who has written a book called Revolution to Evolution, the Story of the Office of Minority Affairs and Diversity at the University of Washington. They got good, good diversity on the football and the basketball team, but I hardly ever see any black faces in the student section. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. take this break and come back Harry.
3: Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
4: At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an Orca card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out Orca Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org.
3: Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150.
0: All right, Eddie Wright back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest, Uh, the author uh, uh, Emil Petrie uh, has a uh, book out, Revolution to Evolution, and very well documented history of the Office of Minority Affairs started out as EOP, and uh, we know the BSU played a pivotal role in getting everything rolling. So, uh, Emil Petrie, thank you very much for being here and. Uh, why don't you just uh, uh, give our listeners about a one or two minute overview of your tenure at the University of Washington positions you held, then we'll go to, to the book.
5: Okay. Yeah, I came to the University of Washington in 1967 after graduating in chemistry from Southern University in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Um, I came here on a, a fellowship. and As a matter of fact, I had a full ride to to southern, both of my parents only completed the third grade, so the only way I was going to get to go to college was a uh, via scholarship. Um, and once I got here, I um, it was I was the only uh, person in the uh, in the uh, cohort, the chemistry cohort, only black person, and uh, I did pretty good. I finished third with the qualifying exams, and but I, I longed to. Um, to see Black people, because there were very few around, uh, especially in the chemistry department. So I went to the hub, and there were two tables, right, when you walk into the cafeteria, where there were Black students. Um, Anakin Petrie introduced me to folks there, and then um, became um, involved with the Afro-American Student Society. Um, In 1978, I, I became a tutor at the Instructional Center. In 79, they hired me at a half-time math instructor. And in um, 1982, I was hired as a chemistry instructor. In 84, I became assistant director. In 89, I became a director. And in 2002, uh, I was promoted to assistant vice president in the Office of Minority Affairs. And um, in 2004, I um, was promoted to associate vice president where I had uh, 46 people working under me. Um, I retired in 2014, at the end of 2014, as an Associate Vice President and of Assessment in the Office of Minority Affairs, and it was Office of Minority Affairs and Diversity at the time. Um, in 2008, Eddie, when you interviewed me and Sheila for the 40th anniversary of the BSU takeover, Um, Sheila mentioned that we we need to do a book. Um, And then um, five years later, a graduate student uh, started working on the book. However, she didn't feel like there was enough information to do a book. Um, She uh, interviewed a few of the the vice presidents, former vice presidents, and then she also interviewed Sheila edwards Lang at the time. Um, And so... Once I retired, Sheila brought me back in 50 days to start leading the effort to write the book and also to help recruit black students and to revive the black, uh, Greek uh, letter organizations at, mm-hmm. at campus. Um, and, um, another person, a graduate student, I tried to get to, to do the book. And they, they turned me down. And there was one uh, white woman who had a PhD in history agreed to work with me on the book. She worked with me pro bono. Uh, but she said she wasn't going to write the book. And she thought that since I had lived the experience, I would be the appropriate person to author the book. So I set out to do it. Um, took me five years to come up with a completed manuscript. and. Um, took two years to get it published initially uh the university of washington press turned me down said they didn't do institutional history um and uh especially written by a staff person Uh, but they did recommend documentary media which turned out to be um a blessing um because they allowed for lots of photos i had a lot of input on what they could do with the book so um the book dropped on March uh, 14th of this year. Uh, the University of Washington Press uh, marketed and distributed then Office of Minority Affairs as books. And uh, so we've sold through uh, the University of Washington Press close to 900 books and Office of Minority Affairs at the University has sold I think about seven 800, so. That's where there's
0: we... one there's one thing I want to mention you were there in 1967 and uh in 1968 some significant events took place yes, sir. They kind of opened the door up and I guess they might have to take place again to get black students on that campus uh, <laughs> others playing football and basketball but anyway uh did you have any involvement with uh the black Panthers and and Larry Gossett and the, and the uh, e. Bill, I mean uh EJ and the BSU Darlington and all them guys
5: yeah, I was uh, I was a, a part of the Afro American Student Society. After the students went to um, L.A. for a Black Youth Conference, when uh, they returned, it was uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, they uh, there was a vote to change the name of the Afro American Student Society to the Black Student Union. Some people, most uh, majority, voted for it. Others did not. But uh, I am considered a founding member of the Black Student Union. So I know all the Black Student Union founders, including the founder of the, the co founder of the first Black Student Union in America, Jimmy Garrett.
0: Who, yes.
5: Who knew EJ Brisker and was the main reason, EJ and him, that students were invited to go to the Black Youth Conference.
0: Um, so they both have been involved in SNCC together.
5: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, so let's go you go to the but, book, um, uh, email, uh, in terms of, uh, you have a lot of documentation in here. So just share with our listeners a little bit about what they can see and what they can read in the book. And also somebody asked me, is there an audio book?
5: No, not yet. That would be great if there was, um, but I think we probably have to say most of the printed, um, editions first but I, I'll look into that and uh, I'll, I'll speak with the, the VP of minority Affairs and uh, diversity they commissioned me to write the book so I promote the book as if I'm getting a royalty but I don't get a royalty but I got I got my royalty up front really and um, I was uh, delighted to have the opportunity to do this so the book starts out with um the Black Student Union. All the black Student Union was formed uh I became radicalized and politicized um we were heavily into the intellectual approach and a lot of and most of that had to do with EJ Brisker who was an avid reader whenever he he could take a book and start turning the pages and he was reading it so um, the book has I think 30 uh, uh a reading list of 30 and uh, most of them were recommended by um, E.J. Brisker. Um, some of the books that were most impressive to me were The Soul of Black Folks, um, uh, "Wretched of the Earth by Franz Fanon. He was an Algerian psychiatrist who was a revolutionary. Black Skin, White Mask, um, auto, uh, you know, then the autobiography of Malcolm X, and um, uh, Before the Mayflower, White... Uh, Cast, Class, Class, and Race by Oliver Cox. These were books that to me were most influential and really uh, uh, influenced my political thinking. Um, The BSU was not just about black students uh, because of its intellectual scope. Um, It was about people who were exploited and oppressed throughout the world. Um, As a matter of fact, there were two American Indians and Chicano who are founding members of the Black Student Union. Uh, So I
0: was sitting up here looking at uh, uh, a comment E.J. had, and it's a quote from him. People were under the impression that the BSU was a rebel-rousing group with no true sense of direction, but we were an intellectual group that acted with purpose.
6: That's the comment
0: he made. That's E.J. Briscoe. E.J. also worked with uh, Julian Bond. Yeah. And I uh, was, was shared with me one time they were picketing Lester Maddox, and then the governor of Georgia, his restaurant Johnny Revs, and that's when they uh, gave the the white guys ax handles to attack the protesters. Yeah, they swung at me and I ducked and they hit Julian Bond. But anyway, go go right ahead with uh, your, your comments yeah. on the book.
5: So um, the uh, once the BSU came back from California, uh, it was a it was a done deal that we were going to have the B, we were going to. Uh, established the BSU uh, once that happened um we started looking into the all the discrepancies that exist um at the University of Washington the blatant uh contradictions as was described by described by uh, Eddie Demings and uh, we were taxpayers our parents were taxpayers in the state of Washington however there were few black students on campus at best, we we thought there were um 200 and it was even estimated lower maybe 180 back then and um we looked at all the the fact that there were no counselors there were no teachers there were no books about about um written by black people uh, that they used in the curriculum and um also the issue was and EJ made a strong case in the letter saying that um When black, when minority students, black students, and white students looked at the University of Washington, it gave them the impression that white was superior. And if you were non-white, you were inferior. And um, and we thought that 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 was a blatant contradiction that needed to change. Um, And Odegaard was was not, you know, um, against it. He was... Going along, saying yeah, he agreed, but uh, we thought that he was dragging his feet. So uh, uh, on May sixth, a list of demands was submitted to Odegaard, and he got he got, he was given ten days to reply. He replied in like three or four days and posted it in the daily and said he agreed with uh, with the demands, but it would take time. and his His plan, his game plan, was to convince the faculty to get involved. And also in order to change the admissions requirements, uh, to have tutoring, and and have a Black Studies program, they would have to have the faculty on board. Um, So uh, two weeks later, um, the uh, BSU and its supporters crashed uh, a meeting between Odegaard and um, the uh, executive committee of the Faculty Senate. And what was ironic about it, I found out through my research, uh, they took minutes of those meetings. And when we crashed the meeting, they were at the time discussing the BSU demands. Um, And EJ was very swift on his feet. Every time they came at him, he came back, uh, he along with uh, Jimmy Garrett, they made a strong case. So after two hours, Older said, say, well, you know, we're going we're gonna, to uh, join the meeting. Trust me that we'll make this happen. So part of the people joined, um, stayed with the students. Part of the faculty stayed with the students. The others um, went, um, went into an inner office. And then that's when the, the BSU barricaded them in. And that's when it went from a sit-in to an occupation. So negotiations uh, went on for another two hours and uh, then... Odegaard was convinced with the support of the BSU negotiator, Albert Morris, who was a law professor, to uh, agree to the demands. And um, E.J. was asked to speak to the faculty senate a couple of days late. And um, E.J. did an outstanding job, got a resounding uh, response from the faculty senate, and they agreed to the demands. And, and uh, once Odegaard Decided to, you know, go along with the demands. He hired a, a microbiology professor to lead what was called then the special education program. And um,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> I remember <laughs> the S.E.P. Okay, Emil. You know, uh, we need probably another half an hour or so. But today we're out of time. But I'm encouraging people to get revolution to evolution. Uh, as a good christmas gift and a, also a good study on what young black folks need to do right now to get equity on that campus as well as society as a whole so yeah. we'll have you back on and like i said yeah. and i can I address
5: want- i can address you know your criticism of, of diversity at the university of washington cuz i got some data that you know um, i can i can share with you and and the group And I just want to say one other thing before we leave is we started with 10 staff, a budget of $50,000 and 257 students. Today, um, there are 120 uh, staff, um, a budget of $31 million and uh, 6,500 students.
0: Okay, we got to go because we got Roberto and Jordan on hold, and they're going to take this last break, which is ninety seconds, and we'll be coming back to the Jordans after this. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. You'll come back again, brother. Okay. Let's get started.
4: At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends, and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to SoundTransit.org and search DBE to learn more.
3: List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
0: Been at once. Eddie Ride right back at Urban Forum Northwest and I will be going straight to the ghetto. My next guests are Diana and Roberto Jordan. And uh they were very close friends with uh the late Joe Miller. There will be a celebration of life of Joe Miller on next Thursday at five o'clock at the Royal Esquire Club, where his honor and the chair Roberto Jordan will be conducting uh the event. So welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. Do we start with Diana or do we start with Roberto? I'll leave. I ain't getting rid of no family stuff. Y'all decide. Ladies first,
6: ladies first. Go ahead.
7: though. OK. Go ahead. Well, it's good to be here. Um, thanks for having having us on. Uh, I'm not sure where I should start. Um,
0: With Joe Miller.
7: OK, so so Joe Miller. May he rest in heavenly peace. Um, Joe was um, a really, really big part of our lives. Um, Roberto and I have been married almost 35 years in January, it will be 35 years, and I've probably known Joe for a, a little, maybe a few years, you know, before that. Um, and this entire time, he has been a huge part of of our family. Um, and so, um, um, I, I, I know, Eddie, you saw the post that I put up on Facebook, but that was exactly how I felt about Joe Miller. He was that one person um, in our family and in Roberto's life that we could count on for absolutely anything. No questions asked, day or night, anytime, uh, whatever you need. If if you call Joe and Joe is going to he's he's going to come through for you. So. He was a really big part of our lives. Um, um, we're really gonna miss him a lot. Uh, you know, Roberto's still kind of struggling with it because it's fresh. But um, he was just a really, really good guy. And so um, I'll, I'll turn it over to Roberto and let him and let him speak.
0: Man, um, I wish you would uh, put that post back up on Facebook that you did on Joe Miller. That would be very good. Okay, okay. Roberto.
7: I will do that.
6: Um, Joe Miller. Um, it, uh, about Joe Miller. He. Believed a whole lot in community, too. Um, Jones University of Washington. He graduated from UW uh, School of Architecture. Um, working as an architect, uh, and I was in the fire department. We shared we shared a house. And when he saw me sleeping in some days and not having to go to work, he said, wait a minute, why, why aren't you going to work every day? The schedule didn't say that. The schedule said I work two times a week. He said, OK, well, I'm going to be a firefighter, too. And sure enough, that's what he did. He became a firefighter and be, was in there for 39 years as a firefighter Uh ended his career in the fire marshal's office uh, doing inspections downtown. He was uh, his love of community didn't just go by him talking, by by also his deeds. He went and he essentially volunteered and was a uh, basketball coach at Garfield for over over 20 years um, with Jojo Rodríguez. Garfield or Franklin? No, it's Garfield. It's Garfield. Garfield. Okay.
0: Oh man, I <laughs> hey. saw him on the bench when Garfield played Franklin. That's what it was. Okay,
6: right, 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 right. Don't make that brother get up now. Um, so, so he was at he was at, <laughs> he was at Garfield uh, coaching there, doing this. He was um he had gone to school and was uh learning about uh, being a mechanic. So anybody who had a car breakdown or anything else like that, uh, Joe was right there. He um his love of other people. Anytime he met somebody. Oh, he always, his thing was, I always want to leave them better than when I met them. And whether it be by information, but by, by deeds that he does or anything else like that. He was a member of um, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity. It was a time where he was a uh, president there um, in the Black Black Firefighters Association. All these things where he would try to try to give back. And if he didn't feel that the organization was giving back, then Joe would, wouldn't be, wouldn't mess with the organization anymore. Um uh, he, he dealt with people personally we had a few uh friends that passed away uh a brother named Phil Taylor passed away he had a couple of daughters uh Mariko and Iiko and just took them under their wing as though that was his blood niece and he would just um uh, just do that he had uh brothers that come up here um Ike had a son he's got a son that's up here and so that that ends up being our nephew so it's like he just takes under under. The wing and I think it's important to, for the viewers to know that if you have friends like this and um just make sure that you treasure them while they're here right and and so he got his he got his flowers before he went because we talked to him a lot he had up brain cancer and so um you know it, it messed with him slowly he was comfortable during the whole time um, when he passed he was he was comfortable but um so there was a lot of people have visited him and let him know how he affected and, and, enhanced and, tr- and enhanced their lives. Um, and so we're going to do a celebration of Joe's life on um, December 14th, which is next Thursday. It's going to be at five o'clock at the um, uh, Esquire Club. Um, he said, you know, I'm, I'm not really a churchy person. Said so y'all want to get together and celebrate me, well, that's cool. But, you know, we don't have to do anything else. I don't want a bunch of money spent or or anything else like that. So that that's that's exactly how it was his son jamal um make sure to uh take care of every want every need that he had for um during the last months he got diagnosed in march um and had a, a surgery very soon after we right, he got diagnosed went along pretty good then um you know things started to go a little downhill and so Jamal took care of him, made sure that he was okay that whole time up until he um, uh, just fell asleep for the last time. Um, And and I'd just like to say that uh, he loved Seattle. Um, He loved his job and uh, uh, he, by his actions, like I say, by his actions, he let you know that um, he was uh, one of the best people walking the earth. Um, yes. So that's pretty much I can say. Ike knows him very well, also. Yeah,
0: yeah I know that uh, Anthony Alexander also was uh, I, I Hollywood Ike. So uh, Ike, you can say something. He he didn't went to the bathroom. Uh, on, no, he did Go ahead. <laughs> now, if, if there's two people
5: in Seattle that I will ever ever always be indebted to, it would be Joe Miller and Roberto Jardine. They have taken care of that knucklehead of mine, Anthony Alexander, and made him a gentleman. I mean, they I mean he loves both of those two men immensely. And he always referred to him as Uncle. He never calls him Roberto, he'll say Uncle Joe, Uncle Roberto. Mm -hmm. He will always say that. And I am forever.
6: Indebted to both
7: of those two
5: gentlemen. Um, he,
6: you know, um, and, and Anthony is an accomplished musician. Um, he's got yeah, um, I know. I paid
2: for it all of my
6: life. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, uh, his his music. He's done jingles. He's got a band. He's just, I mean, he's off the chain. And and you know, yeah, he used to play with George Clinton. And and so I think that. The, just the just the love that's generated, you know, that Joe would generate. That Joe, you know, sometimes now Joe will argue you all the way to the ground. Don't get me wrong, he will. He, he's got his own opinion, and he felt that he was right all the time until he was proven wrong. But but that brother cared about community. He cared about Seattle. Um, he definitely cared about the students and the kids and the the boy, the, the young men that were on the basketball team. Um, one of the young men came by the house, uh, came by Joe's house when he was there and he had just passed away. And he talked about how Joe affected his life and how he was definitely going to go take a wrong way in life to uh, go make money. Things of that nature. Joe actually gave him a little money, told him to make sure he comes to practice. And j- just just something that and he said that he'll never forget that, that that's something that, that that just changed his life. And there's. There'll be testimony to that by by a whole lot of people as to how um Joe um enhanced their life. And so I just think that, that will be uh, on
0: next Thursday at five o'clock at the Royal Esquire Club. That's uh uh December 14th at yeah. five o'clock at the Royal Esquire Club. So uh I wanna see if Diana has any last comment before we go. Cause I saw a choke holding back to tears. <laughs>
7: No, no last comments. Uh like I said, we're 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 definitely gonna miss Joe. We're gonna come to cele- come together and celebrate him next week. Um looking forward to see seeing, you know, the people that are that will be there. Um and again, thanks, Eddie, for having us on. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate you um for being the trail trailblazer that you are and the way that you uh go to bat for um Seattle, for the black community um and so just want to say kudos to you and thank you and um hopefully you and your family will have a lovely um holiday season
0: okay thank you very much i appreciate everybody and uh, i'll see you next thursday uh email we'll get with you again so we can go a little bit more in detail in the book because we talked about the action we talk a little bit more about the book i know it's all in the book so thank is you all. Book
6: on, uh, is this book on amazon
0: is it on amazon Emil?
5: Yeah, Yes, it's Amazon, University Bookstore, uh, Thrift Books, University of Washington Press. Amazon, you'll get it the quickest. Yeah,
0: that's why- Evolution to evolution. Okay, y'all. Thank you very much. Thank you much, Hollywood. I appreciate you chiming in. So I got announcements to make. One is that uh, today at five o'clock, from five to eight, at the Northwest African American Museum, uh, you can check out Positive Frequencies. There's going to be, uh, the artists will be there. Uh, Let me see, who are the artists? Uh, I can't see it. Uh, Myron Curry, Samuel Blackwell, Eric Salisbury, uh, and uh, C. Bennett will be at the Northwest African American Museum. That's from 5 to 8 today. Also, uh, don't forget uh, that the sounds of of, uh, the the Northwest uh, will be at uh, 1st AME i think it's going to be at 4 30. uh i'll get that information and put it on my facebook page and then also i want to thank uh the city of seattle's Personal construction services department a sound Transit uh office of civil rights diversity and inclusion uh port of seattle's diversity contracting office CTAG bar group llc and also a shout out of condolence to uh brother arthur banks uh, he will be funeralized uh, on Saturday at uh, 11 o'clock uh, at uh, the Holy Temple Evangelistic Center in Seattle. So uh want to thank everybody. And thank you, Eric. We appreciate you. Talk to all you guys later.
1: Thank you.